0: The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Today's show is sponsored by Baker Hughes, who recently launched a new and reimagined Baker Hughes brand. As an energy technology company, they strive to make energy safer, cleaner, and more efficient for the people and the planet. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. It's so nice to be sharing this time with you once again. I am sitting here today in Midland, Texas with my friend, Jamie Butler, the VP of Permian for Baker Hughes. Thanks so much for being with us, Jamie. Hi, Krista. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to talk about all the fun and exciting changes at Baker and everything that's going on. And you just recently had an an exciting trip to Italy. But before we get into our interview, I want to thank everyone who has shared our podcast with friends and colleagues. We truly have listeners all over the world, even in France. Hello, France. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate each and every one of you. I also would like to ask everyone to help our show out by taking a few minutes and leaving a review on iTunes. I cannot thank you enough for doing this. We just recently had this fantastic review. They said, Krista's interview style brings out the best in her guests. Listeners are brought into a conversation in which guests are allowed to be open about issues important to them professionally and personally. Krista interviews highlight the dichotomy between the hardscrabble oil business and the generous, civically engaged attitude of the people who live in the Permian Basin. Wow. Thank you so much for those kind words. They didn't leave their name. So you know who you are, whoever you are. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Well, Jamie, thanks again for joining us and congratulations on being nominated one of Heart Energy's 25 Influential Women in Energy for 2020. How exciting was that when you found out?
1: Oh, just unbelievable. Almost had to pinch myself, you know, just a wonderful nomination and recognition And even the class of women, the other 24 women in this 2020s class, so amazing, talented. And then even if you look at this third year, so this is three years in the making, this has been going on. And- I looked at last year's 25 and the year before that, and it's just exciting to be in such a class and caliber of these amazing women.
0: I was going to say really, truly, what an honor to be in that group and well-deserved, I have to say, as well. I know that we visited before, but we just want to get kind of everyone caught up if maybe they haven't listened to any of our previous podcasts. But tell us a little bit about how you got in oil and gas and how you got here to the Permian.
1: All right. So it's 19 years. So unbelievable. (laughs) Last time we talked, it was 18 years, right? right? So I've been in the Permian for about a year and a half now. And I've been with Baker Hughes for 19 years. And 19 years ago, honestly, I just needed a job. So if you hear some of my podcasts and and speeches for prior engagements, that's really my story. I just needed a job. right? And I actually had not graduated from
0: college yet. And I was looking and Baker Hughes hired me. I mean, this is what... You know, going back in that time, yeah, you you looked it up in the newspaper. I mean, how did you find out that Baker Hughes was was hiring? Yeah, I ran into actually, my brother was coaching baseball. He was coaching tournament
1: baseball, and I ran into a leader at Baker Hughes, and he asked me what I did, and I said I was going to college, and I was running a book warehouse solo by myself while going to school. And he said, "Well, have you ever thought about you know doing something different for your work? And Baker Hughes could help you finish out your degree." So. Wow. I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I actually interviewed for the first job. I didn't get it. And then that manager passed my resume on to another manager and said, I think she'd be better fit for a role you have. I interviewed for that position. And yeah, the rest is history. So it was a, actually an administrative role. Mm-hmm. So I started out at, I guess, the bottom grade level is what we call them at Baker Hughes, and finished out my degree. And then I went into finance And then I went into marketing and then I went into technology and then I went into supply chain and I finished my master's in supply chain management at Penn State, going back and forth to University Park over a course of two years. And then I went into manufacturing and then I went into field operations and then commercial. So it was just crazy 19 years. And so a year and a half ago, I was in what we call our global accounts organization, (laughs) handling three of our largest accounts for baker use across all product lines and an opportunity came to move to Midland, Texas and lead our Permian business. And I said, yes, absolutely. Why not? I mean, this is the epicenter of oil and gas.
0: Right. And I love your story because I've learned so many things just from hearing you just recap it, even that first of all, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, right? Didn't yeah. get that first job. And I love for young women to hear that, you know, because sometimes you get that no when you think, okay, then this just isn't for me. But you persevered and you were persistent and you kept going and then... All these yeses then eventually led you to this VP position, which is just incredible.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Definitely when the bus pulls up, you know, don't turn it down. So definitely get on the bus. But at the same time, if the bus doors shut, you know, think about what's that next bus that could pull up and how can, you know, I overcome those challenges and what can I learn and make myself better. So, you know, I just think it's limitless possibilities And you just have to look at everything happens for a reason, and Mm -hmm. you know when you fail or you make a mistake, how can you learn from it, and how can you move forward and turn that into an opportunity?
0: I love that, and you have definitely done that, and then some. Let's talk a little bit about this 100th anniversary of the Permian, which is a huge milestone and incredible to think of. Can you share what Baker is focusing on in the Permian now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we know that the Permian's 100th anniversary is a huge milestone for us. It's really exciting to look back at the well that put us on the map in 1923, which was the Santa Rita. Yes. Um, It produced for over seven decades, which to me is like, wow, that's amazing that a well can produce that long. But like the Permian, Baker Hughes also has over 100 years of experience. So I feel like that's what we bring to the table, our legacy and our drive for innovation to the energy industry. You know, obviously we bring all of that in a safe manner, right? We protect our people, the people mm-hmm. out on location and the environment. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, we can bring that expertise and knowledge to the well construction side mm-hmm. and the production support side to support our customers to drill and complete wells more efficiently. They can flow that hydrocarbon much sooner, and they can also produce it longer. And then the last piece is that we're really focusing on energy transition. Mm-hmm. So how can we help our customers with that energy transition through either technology that we have today where they can take that flare gas and turn it into power And also is really to support our customers with our industry's energy transition through the technology we have today. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, how we're taking that flare gas and how we can turn it into power with our turbine technology And then any other technology that we can innovate and bring to the table to help our customers lower their carbon footprint. That's where we feel like this is going and how we can solve some of these challenges in the Permian. But again, I'm going back to that foundation experience with well construction, domain knowledge and expertise. We can deliver it and do it safely and efficiently for our customers here in the Permian.
0: Fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about a conference you just returned from in Italy. Yes. Yes. How exciting was that?
1: Very exciting. So Baker Hughes, we have our annual meeting in Florence, Italy. Mm -hmm. And this was our 21st annual meeting. And it's always in Florence, Italy. And what a fantastic venue to have an annual meeting. We had over 1,700 customers from around the world in attendance. Mm -hmm. Which is just phenomenal. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yes. It's unbelievable to bring that many customers together. This really isn't a conference where it's Baker Hughes putting it on. Our customers are the ones who are leading and moderating the panels and we're talking about challenges and, and opportunities for our industry. And this year's theme, we were really focused in on that energy transition mm-hmm. and how we're gonna come together to solve those challenges for our industry, which and digital too. That mm-hmm. was a, a big theme as well. But at the same time, not only do we have those panels, we actually have a solutions fair. So all of our technology is on display. Many of us that get to go internally, you know, it would take us probably a whole year to go and tour all the different sites around mm-hmm. Baker Hughes to get that knowledge that's in our solutions fair. So all of the technology that we have coming out is on display. And we actually presented on Permian. In Florence. Yeah, you think it's wild to go all the way to Florence to present on Permian and share across the world. But our presentation was on remote drilling, and how we've been able to gain efficiencies with one of our local customers here, through remote drilling and so many
0: customers asking questions. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask, what was the number one question that people from around the world were asking you yeah. about the Permian? Yeah.
1: Well, and that was, it. how are you doing this? How are you working with your customer? And our customer actually presented with us. So mm-hmm. the rest of the customers got to hear our customer and how we worked together to stand up the remote center for them mm-hmm. and how we've removed 75% of our people off of the field location and how we've been able to gain efficiencies, and how we've been able to reduce MBT. And they're all sitting together in a remote center. So we're bringing their team members, our team members, and we're sitting off location and we're drilling better wells than we've ever drilled before. And a lot of the customers wanted to know, how did we get there? What was the transition? And we broke it down into phases and you know, they really, really learned from, okay, I can take this right. and I can implement it in my operation.
0: I bet. I mean, that is just incredible for them to hear that firsthand from you, from your customer and seeing the efficiency because 75%, you said you've taken- yes off location. That's a huge, you know, when you think of the number wise, you know, some usually hear 10%, 15%, but 75%. What has been the customer benefit that you've seen from that?
1: So the standardization has been key, but obviously safety. I mean, I, I think that's number one is we're removing people off location a harm's way. But the second benefit is the standardization between all of the rigs that we're we're operating. And we're able to share lessons learned across the rigs easily because we're all housed in that same remote center Mm -hmm. and in collaboration. So when we see something going on, we're right there together and we can figure out how do we mitigate, how do we overcome the challenge? And then we can share that with the pod next door because they set up in pods for the different rigs. And then we can have one directional driller looking over multiple rigs, not just one rig. And so, again, he can optimize across those rigs as well. So one would think, oh, you're taking someone off location. How is that going to to work? But what we've seen is surprisingly better performance because we're able to collaborate and standardize across.
0: And really using technology to your benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about technology because uh, there have been so many different cycles and this new energy cycle, of course, brings more technology and better ways to do things. How has this been at the forefront of your transformation at Baker Hughes?
1: Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we recently announced that we're an energy technology company, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you you catch yourself going when folks ask you about Baker Hughes. Many of service providers say, oh, we're an oil and gas company. What's really exciting about Baker Hughes and, and our path forward is that we're an energy technology company. We are helping our customers solve some of the greatest challenges as we move through this energy transition to reduce the carbon footprint and our impact on the environment. And, you know, I feel like we have that technology in our portfolio, not just again, when we talked about earlier, the well construction piece and the production piece, but we bring that expertise to, you know, utilize the the natural gas in other ways and also measure methane You know, we have the sensors and the technology through our Avitas, our drones to measure methane emissions, help our customers figure out where their leaks are and how to solve those issues. So again, it's just having all of that in our portfolio, not
0: just the well construction and production is I right. think gonna be really key for us as we move forward. Wonderful. You mentioned challenges because I think whenever a group of people come together, we always try to learn from each other, right? And you mentioned that in Italy, you talked about challenges. What are some of those challenges that you see moving forward in 2020 that we could all help each other out with and help, you know, Overcome those challenges because I think as a business leader, as a business owner, we want to overcome those challenges. So, what do you see?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think for the Permian in particular, Mm -hmm. one of the biggest challenges we're going to have to overcome is the fact of all the gas that we're flaring. And I, I covered that last year in our in our podcast. So, I think the last number I looked at was 700 mcf per day that we're flaring. People who are not familiar with our industry, when they see that or they're flying into the Permian at night. There's a very negative, you know, perception about our industry. And to be honest with you, that's waste, you know, but in some cases it's, it's more efficient for our operators to flare it than to use it. And so we want to be that solution provider and collaborating with our customers to see how can we take that and use it, whether it's for eFRAC, as which we talked about last year, or... Is it for actual power and selling back to the grid? Mm -hmm. And when we look at the Permian infrastructure for power, there are large gaps in the grid. And we can solve those gaps in the grid through utilizing natural gas into our turbines and provide infield power for our customers. So, I mean, I really do think the Permian's biggest challenge is the fact that we've got to change that perception. That we can show that we are reducing our carbon impact to the environment and that we are bringing energy to the world, you know, in a safe and efficient manner that's environmental friendly, you know, and we all need energy, right? Not just solar and wind, because those will not fill the gaps, but oil and gas is a critical component of how we move forward and providing energy to the world.
0: And I think when you're outside of the oil and gas world, you just don't realize how much energy you use every day. I can't remember which podcast it was. I was interviewing someone and they pointed out exactly everything in this room, what what comes off of energy. And I just thought, you know, when you're not in oil and gas directly, say, you know, when you're growing up, you just don't think that way. But the older you get and the more you learn and the more that you're here, especially in the Permian, if you're new to the area, you realize just how much the world needs it. And to be able to provide that energy to the world, it truly is remarkable when you think about it. It
1: is. And that's something that I feel like we're going to focus on this year for our employee base, Is to how can we efficiently use energy? You know, we feel like if it's not a habit at home, Mm -hmm. then it will not be a habit at work. Now, we do have a lot of that technology already within our facilities of the automatic lights, you know, the motion detection lights. But again, that's not everywhere, right? right? So we're really going to campaign and roll out to our employee base. Okay, be efficient at home. Efficient at work, conserve as as best as possible, so we're not you know impacting the environment. And mm-hmm. the second piece is the recycling. Right, recycling is difficult to do here in Midland. It Very is. difficult. <laughs> it's a challenge if you don't make the effort. That's right. So simple things like we don't have the recycling pickup at our facilities, but. What we're going to do in some of our offices is volunteer a rotation to take those recycles to the recycle center. So, and everybody raised their hand when we came up with that idea. Oh, count me in. I'm going to go on that rotation. So nice. You know, it may be a challenge for us to get some of the things done here mm-hmm. to make those changes where we're thinking about our environment. But you'd be surprised at how passionate our employee base is to step in and say, you know what, maybe we don't have that ability to have someone come and pick up. Are you know plastics, right? But you know what? We sorted out. I will volunteer to take it. So that's how we're going to solve and overcome. But maybe one day we'll actually have a recycle pickup for <laughs> here in Midland. We'll hope. Let's <laughs> yes. keep pushing for
0: it. We can do it. And you know, kids are so good you know, if you get kids going on something, so encouraging them at a young age, I was going to ask you, are there any other tips that you can do as a family at home? You know, you mentioned, of course, you know, if we go and recycle and drop off the light switches, yes. is there anything else that we can do in our daily lives and get the kids involved? Because like I said, they can be our biggest reminders and champions because sometimes if I forget something, I'll tell my youngest, remind me of that. Yeah. <laughs> because they're on it they'll remember and when they know something's important like this they will encourage the family to do so
1: yeah i'm seeing that at least with my children and yeah. the younger generation they are very passionate about the environment they are and so they are kind of that gatekeeper as well recently just plastic bottles how many water bottles do we go through and mm-hmm. you know one of my sons said why don't we have more water bottles that are reusable And that's what I want to put my my water in. But the second piece is also we adopted an area here, Keep Midland Beautiful. And so getting my boys out there to Mm. help with cleanups, I think, Mm. is really important. And what's fun to watch is we go do that, but then they go out and they clean up around Lee High School on their own right? right, without being asked. And they said, well, you know, we're going to go and we're going to clean up. Mm -hmm. Because
0: this is unacceptable. To me, that's just wonderful to see when the kids start caring about the environment as much as as we all should. (laughs) You know, when they start at a young age, it's just going to get better and better as as they grow up. And it's
1: leading by example, right? Absolutely. They see me turning off the lights. They see me being conscious of our water usage because we know water – here in the Permian, you know, it's not the greatest quality, right? And so we need to make sure we're conscious of that as well. So,
0: we all do our part. Yes. That's right. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the ups and downs of the oil and gas business as we know we've seen some pretty fluctuating absolutely uh, prices lately. <laughs> Just like today we're below $50 a barrel. And so how as a company leader, how do you talk to your employees about that? And how do you, you know, not get too worried, I guess I should say, when you see the fluctuating price?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for us, it's been interesting over the last year to see that a lot of the activity that we're seeing, whether it's up or down, is not based on commodity prices. And it's really about our customers producing within cash flow. And so really getting our workforce educated around that, the ups and downs that we're seeing aren't so much to do with the commodity prices. It's more about the health of our customers, the health of our business, and how do we manage through that. One of the key messages that we continue to you know, make sure our employee base knows here in the Permian is that we're greatly insulated from a lot of that because we are the epicenter of oil and gas. When we saw the activity this year in the other basins you know, come down rapidly, we did see some activity come down here in the Permian, but not nearly as much as some mm-hmm. of the other areas. So I think we, we mentioned it, Lash Permian is the place to be. It is. And so we mm. really stick to that message with our employee base. We make sure that we're being as productive as possible, as lean as possible, as efficient as possible. So we're not impacted so much when we're faced with some of those up and downs in the business because we know mm-hmm. we're in oil and gas. But one thing I can say is we have seen it stabilize, mm-hmm. And I think we're going to start to see it more stabilized. We're not predicting some, you know, big crazy boom, but it's nice to see kind of just a stabilization of activity. And yep, we're still nice. we're still forecasted to meet our production targets for the Permian Basin. So, even though we've seen rig count come down and commodities come down, we still feel like this market is very healthy and it's going to be a primary focus for us as we move forward and you know, we're committed to make sure we have all the people the products and the services to you know stay in this market and you know help it or get to those huge production targets right. of 5 billion barrels per day
0: fantastic yeah i know that mentoring women in the oil and gas business is important to you yes how do you see women progressing in this industry because it seems to me just being here in the Permian over 20 years I have seen more women in oil and gas and I'm like yes go 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 you know it's exciting so what would you say to any women that are thinking about going into oil and gas and where do you see them progressing
1: yeah well one is don't be afraid it's a wonderful industry I've had, you know, surrounded myself with just some amazing people. I've met some great friends, even had family members work in the industry. So one, just don't be afraid to enter it. And I think we're also making that transition too. So you may enter into the oil and gas industry, but, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to be in the energy industry, right? right? So I think you have so many different opportunities to move when you enter in. I don't regret coming into oil and gas. It has just been, like I said, You know, just a phenomenal experience. One of the, with the Heart Energy Award, that was a question that I was asked. And for me personally, I grew up with a learning disability. And so I was behind a lot. I couldn't read and I couldn't comprehend a lot of, you know, it was just a struggle for me. And I had to go to special classes all the way up through middle school. And I struggled even into high school. I still struggled. I did make honor roll, mm-hmm. but I felt like I had to work five times as hard as everyone else to be able to understand the content that I was being presented. What was my learning style? And I really struggled with that. But getting into oil and gas allowed me to touch and feel. Mm. And so I think it's a great opportunity for women to get into an industry where where they can get their hands dirty and they're going to be surrounded by people who will help them learn. Mm -hmm. And that was my case. And so I don't think I ever realized that until looking back. Mm -hmm. And that's when my learning accelerated because now I'm able to be in the field or I'm able to be in a manufacturing plant, or I'm able to look at a financial statement and put it in real world terms and touch Mm -hmm. and feel it and understand it. And that's when I learned that I'm a visual hands-on learner. I am not I'm not a test take. I'm not good at taking tests. I'm it's right just, there with you,
0: and I think that's a good point to bring up because I think it's so often times in school with kids mm-hmm. that this is you know, and not all schools because you know there are some fantastic schools that are teaching to the child and not right. to the test. But if you are not a Test taker, and you are a visual learner, and you've got to do it yourself. You know the traditional type schooling; it might not work. And I was right there with you and struggled in those areas as well. And it's like when you learn your learning capability, Mm -hmm. the sky's the limit. And I think that that's an important point to bring up to young, you know, men and women. That if you're not excelling in this class, it might not be because oh I'm just not good at math or oh I'm just not good at science. It could be the way that you're going about learning. And so try a different method. And I love what you did and, you know, showing that hard work will definitely pay off. It's just, you have to find the way that you work. Right. Not everybody else.
1: Oil and gas can really give you that opportunity to, like I said, because you'll be surrounded by people who want to show you, want to help you. And I said, 19 years, just some phenomenal mentors, coaches, people who showed me, how to put tools together, how to install nozzles, how to jet a bit, you know, company men who welcomed me out onto their locations, who let me climb up and down their rigs, asking all kinds of questions. And if it weren't for that, I don't know where I would be right now, but this industry is very open and, you know, they will, you know, help you learn anything. All you have to do is ask the questions. Mm -hmm. don't come in acting and i think i said that in my last podcast be a learn-it-all not Mm -hmm. a know-it-all just come in and ask a lot of questions and no matter what male female they will be absolutely thrilled to show you exactly Mm -hmm. how things are done
0: i think that is so true and the permian everyone wants to help everyone out that is one of the beautiful things about all of our residents it's not a me 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 it's oh yeah how can i help you yeah but i also love what you said be a learn-it-all not a know-it-all. Yeah. Speaking of, I always love to know what you're reading. So what are you reading these days? So I'm actually reading a book called
1: uh, Multipliers. Okay. So at Baker Use right now, we're really focusing on a growth mindset mm-hmm. versus fixed mindset. So how can you think about things in a growing mindset versus a fixed mindset the way it's always been done? And I looked at growth mindset, researched it, and I found a book called Multipliers. And it's really about how a leader Helps that environment. How can I facilitate an environment where I am allowing all my people to innovate and create and think of big ideas, you know, where they're not afraid to take risks and they're mm-hmm. not afraid to bring new ideas to the table? So, creating that atmosphere where you're producing that growth mindset and they're able to almost like a fail fast mm-hmm. environment where I can make a mistake, I can learn from it. But there could be a very, very big, awesome idea come out of everything. So I love that. the book has been really, really a good one for me. It kind of plays into my leadership style. so I've enjoyed reading. It. So I recommend any leader to go out or you know anybody who's wanting to learn more about growth mindset and how can you you know get your organization to multiply that, that
0: growth mindset? Right, I'm gonna get it. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Let's talk about what you're looking forward to the most right now, and this could be anything, just in life. What are you looking forward to next?
1: Ooh, what am I looking <laughs> forward to? Well, my oldest one can get his permit next Monday. Hey, so. that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you get to take one less taxi route off. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hey, hey, watch out, Midland. I'm gonna have a learner on the road next Monday. So that's exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. No, really, I think what I'm most excited and I think is what motivates me, it goes right back to the theme throughout our discussion today, which is, you know, where are we going as industry? Mm -hmm. How are we going to solve some of our greatest challenges and our impact on the environment and reduce our carbon footprint and water recycling? I mean, these are the things that really Mm -hmm. motivate me and I'm passionate that keep me going and excited to see you think about all the things we've innovated over the last 10 years mm-hmm. think about all the things that we're going to innovate in the next 10 years true. as we transition into this new world and we're really thinking about how we're impacting
0: the environment so awesome and finally what do you want your legacy to be in this oil and gas business
1: I'm here to serve so in my 19 years and if i look fast forward 10 years and 15 20 years from mm-hmm. now that it was really about servant leadership that i've always been willing to help and serve anybody no matter who you are where you came from and that's you know the way i was raised mm-hmm. it's the way that you know i live life every day is you know who can i help today you know i really passionately you treat everyone As if they're number one, then your business will be number one, and the people that are surrounded by you in your life are number one. So I I think my legacy would be if people look back and go, you know, Jamie was a servant leader. She served and helped others grow. Because you know, I find satisfaction in seeing other people succeed. So whether it's personally or professionally, if someone gets that job Mm -hmm. that they've been wanting for the last year, you know, they set their sights on it, or Maybe it's a car, I don't know, maybe something tangible that right. they set their mind to a boat. A lot of guys want boats or guns, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is that they've right. said I want to accomplish, whether it's professionally or personally, when they're able to, you know, do that. You right. know. Like I think I said last year it was Liam when he scored that that time basket at their yes. basketball game last year. So when you see someone work so hard mm-hmm. and they accomplish their goal, that gives me like gratification. It's just amazing.
0: I think you're already living that legacy now. And if you asked anybody, they would say you do that already. So job well done. Congratulations. And thank you for sharing today. I really have loved learning more. And I feel like we could talk another half hour, 45 minutes, two hours, (laughs) but we're out of time already. Can you believe it? It went by that fast. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about? I always ask this at the end because I always want to make sure that you got to say everything you wanted to say. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners?
1: Yeah, I think the last thing I'd like to close with is, I mean, obviously we talked about Baker Hughes and our new brand and that we're an energy technology and that we're bringing energy forward. What I'd really like to share is our core values. It's what we're going to live and breathe every day yes. with our employee base and our customers. Our first core value is grow. So we see challenges as an opportunity and we learn from that every day. The second core value is lead. We make, invent, and perform with impact. And then the third is Collaborate inspire be inclusive and bring out the best in each other and care is the last one do the right thing always for our customers our people and the environment And i think these speak to everything i've really covered today Uh, they resonate with me they resonate with our employees and our customers and i'm really really excited about how
0: we're going to grow lead and collaborate and care I say, it sounds like your personal core values as well as your professional. So I love that. Well, Jamie, thanks again. I really appreciate you sharing this time with us. And of course, Baker Hughes is everywhere on all the social media platforms. They can go to LinkedIn, Facebook, website yes. if you would like more information about Baker Hughes. So.
1: Absolutely, and follow me on LinkedIn, and you'll get to continue to see our wonderful Permian journey here with Baker Hughes.
0: Wonderful, thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Christa. I appreciate you. It's now time to announce today's community MVP, and the community MVP is Night to Shine. This past weekend, Stonegate Church, also along with Mid Cities Church. They were one of over 700 churches across the country to host an incredible night. It's a night where area adults with special needs enjoy a prom night. And once again, they did this at Stonegate Fellowship. They partnered with the Tim Tebow Foundation to host a Night to Shine prom and Over 200 area adults were there dancing the night away. They were even crowned kings and queens. And there were so many volunteers and partners that helped make this amazing night happen. So a very special thank you to all of the volunteers. What a beautiful thing. And of course, a a special thank you to the Tim Tebow Foundation. Fantastic. And that concludes our edition of Permian Perspective. A special thank you to Baker Hughes for sponsoring Permian Perspective. Baker Hughes, as we mentioned earlier, recently launched a new and reimagined Baker Hughes brand. And as an energy technology company, they are striving to make energy safer, cleaner, and more efficient for people on the planet. And they are doing that every day right here in the Permian Basin. So thanks again for joining us. Remember my mottos, dream big, believe in yourself, and never give up. You make it a great day.
2: Hey, everybody, Alex here with the events on deck for February. We do not have any OGGN happy hours in February, but we do have an exciting event coming up in Pittsburgh. This will be our first happy hour there in March, and it will be taking place on March 25th. The location is to be determined, so be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter to keep up with uh, those announcements and to purchase tickets. The Houston API Luncheon will be on February 11th. This will be a networking event with top oil and gas business leaders. And they promise that you'll be learning something really cool. So check it out and sign up for that event. The Wildcatters Ball will be on February 7th in Houston. This ball is the primary oil and natural gas industry fundraising event for the IPAA Educational Foundation. Proceeds go toward funding the foundation's energy education programs. The API Energy Houston 3-Gun Chapter will be on March 20th in Houston. This event fills up really quickly, so make sure to get your team entered. The best way to do so is to fax or email the form with at least a captain's name as soon as possible. If you need to wait for a check, just notate that on the bottom of the form and send it on. We will be sending Mark LaCour and Patrick Pister to Scotland, to Aberdeen, Scotland, on March 5th for DokaruCon, which is the first event of its kind. It is a conference for creating high impact sales in energy. And Mark and Patrick will be hosting a panel and recording a live podcast. If you're interested in attending this event, visit DokaruCon.dokaru.com, And that is D-O-Q-A-R-U-C-O-N. That's all for this month. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to check again next month for more updates on OGGN
0: events. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.